0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 58 of the Psychology World Podcast with me Con Watney and today's episode is on three reasons why we experience boredom in relationships. Yes, this episode I think is really, really, like, interesting and after the past few episodes which have been a bit dense with uh, various topics like formulation, clinical psychology this is a sort of, like, palate cleanser. (laughs) Yeah, but like, moving on to psychology news section. So, we're in from the British Psychological Society Research Digest. So, a new take on the marshmallow test, children wait longer for a treat when their reputation is at stake. Ah oh, yeah, because I've heard of this one recently in my, child, um, in my childhood element once, build it was one of the few moments that actually made me um, perk up. Okay, so. Most people, even the non-psychologist among us, have at some point heard of the legendary marshmallow test, which measures the ability of a preschool char- child to wait for a sweet treat, Researchers have found that the amount of time children are willing to wait for their marshmallow is surprisingly predictive of their life outcomes, such as educational attainment during adolescence, as well as social competence and resilience to stress throughout development. Hmm, interesting. A recent fMRI um, brain scan study, yes, like, uh, that measures like, um, brain activity and like, blood flow, uh, Blood flow in the brain. So, like, it found that even people's performance as a kid is related to their ability to suppress their impulses and is reflected in neurological signatures of cognitive control. 40 years later, the test is currently tapping into something crucial that shapes children's future to a considerable degree. But what exactly is it? Does the test capture an ability that is akin to intelligence or intrinsic? Cogn- cognitive control, or why performance be a mark of some other underlying factor, such as the privilege of living in a supportive home where children can develop the trust capacity that enables them to wait for a reward. The list of potential explanations is long, and now it has received a surprising new addition from a study that finds that children can brutally improve their performance on the marshmallow test if they believe their social representation might be at stake. This I think is really, really interesting because the marshmallow test is quite an infamous study, and I just think it's really interesting to see how even the most legendary tests can still be like um, redone, and it can also just be like added to. It's yes, the great thing about like psychology is that we're constantly learning, we're constantly adding to new exciting things. This is I is really like um, interesting. Okay, so another one: after cheating on a test, people claim to have known the answer anyway, so cheating is common when you're from. I think there's a typo in this email. From a beginning instance, like Looking for an answer on a phone during a pub quiz to fairly major, such as using a series of coughs to fraudulently bag yourself a million pounds on a popular TV game show. Oh, yeah, because I think that was, yeah, I think that was a TV show um, in Britain two months ago, I think. I forget what it's called now. But wherever we fall on the scale, research suggest we're still likely to think of ourselves as honest and trustworthy. And that I think is just human age, because nobody likes to consider themselves as a bad person. So, there's something of attention here. We're seemingly both prone to teaching and convinced ourselves of our own integrity. But a new study has an explanation for this apparent contradiction. When we cheat, we claim we knew the answer all along. Which I think is one of the most weirdest things, because I can definitely see this happening happening in my real life and i and to be honest i think we've all been around to people who have cheated and then they're like oh yeah but i knew that anyway and as a bystander you're like there and you're thinking well if you know it why did you need to cheat in the first place and come on i think we have all done it ourselves at one time or another so we'll do one more the editors pick low levels of daylight and make cool temperatures feel even more uncomfortable if you're living in the uk your clocks will be going back this hour Oh, right. thank you British Psychological Society, I had no idea that the clocks went back this weekend, I thought it was next weekend, so thank you for that, if anyone's listening. <laughs> right, okay, so, so it's a good time to revise this story from the same time last year. This Sunday marks the official end of British summertime, once the clocks go back it will of course begin to get darker even earlier in the afternoon. In the afternoon? Come on, I think that's a bit of a stretch, I think it might start getting dark about 7 o'clock now. A 2019 study suggests that if you find yourself feeling uncomfortably cold as you head home from work through a dimmer light, the light change itself could have something to do with it. The study shows that for the first time, that levels of daylight can affect our perception of the temperature. And this, happening, yeah, and this happening like I think is completely true because I know that I'm personally quite surprised when it's really like sunny and it's actually really like cold out there because for the past like few days, it's been a really sunny. It's been really um, sunny outside, but it's not been cold. So I've not been like surprised by anything. Granted, it's not shorts and t-shirt whatever, but I don't. Know. It's actually been quite close to it. Yes, yeah, so that's just like something like um interesting. Yes, yeah, so, like, I hope you've enjoyed the psychology news section. Let's move on to the personal update. So we're moving on to the personal update. Yes, like it's going to be like quite a quick like personal update because there's actually not a lot to say because even though this week's been really busy with a university and pretty much all I seem to be doing is university stuff, there's actually nothing exciting to tell you because because I could tell you about my essay and I don't know like the doubts surrounding like around that because the information's enough I just I'm just not sure that my essay structure so like, um very much there like I could tell you about that but. Again, that's not fun, that's not interesting. Yes, like, in terms of like, university stuff, like, there's absolutely nothing interesting, like, yeah, you know, the only other possible, like, different thing I'd like, to tell you is is that you might have to wait a bit longer to um to be able to order my books, you know, like, my print books from your um, local bookstores and your local libraries, because I'm having massive technical issues trying to sort it all out and everything, and it's just, like, some stuff, really easy to set stuff up. This really difficult and I'm having to contact a lot a lot a lot of my author friends for help. Cause okay, that's like it for like this week. So yeah, but next week is my reading week off for university. So I am having a week off. I'm not doing anything to do with university like next week. So in terms of like psychology that means absolutely nothing, but I'm just—I've got tons of fiction work like to do because I'm continuing with Girl Like Nine. I've been slowly chipping away at that. So I've done one chapter this week, and I did quite a few like um, last weekend. It's just been like small stuff like, like that. All oh, but next week I will be finalising the interview questions for us for our very special guest and yes, and the interview I'm really like looking forward to, I've always wanted to talk to this author, so, like, as I've like, said before, I'm interviewing her on the 9th of November, yes, and then the interview should come out on the following Monday hopefully, which I really can't see why it will be able to mm. yes, like, I really can't see um why it like, wouldn't, and to be honest, it's just tons of like fiction stuff, like um, I'm like yeah, but I'm, like, going through, like, at the moment. But as I'm, yes, i like, as I'm launching my author podcast, next week or the week after, like, I'm going to save all of my author talk and all of my fiction talk, like, for that podcast. <laughs> and as always, I always, like, love to know your, like, thoughts and feelings on, like, today's episode. It's, like, you can always email me, conorwhitely at conorwhitely.net. You can always leave a comment on the show notes at conorwhitely.net. Or you can always tweet me on Twitter at sci-fi-whitely. And the highlighted product for today's episode is my biological psychology book, second edition. Here's the blurb. Do you want to know how our biology can impact our behaviour? Have you ever wondered the importance of sleep and the meaning of dreams? Do you want to learn how and why we experience the senses we do? If the answer is yes to any of these questions and more... And then this is the book for you, as you'll learn a lot of great information about biological psychology and how our biology impacts our behaviour. All explained in an interesting and easy to understand way. By the end of this book, you'll learn what is biological psychology, how evolution, hormones and neurotransmitters affect our behaviour, and how our biology affects our behaviour, and much more. By today, start learning about this fascinating topic of biological psychology. Yes, I really like in uh, joy drawing light of this book, because it goes into the history of psychology, localization of the brain... Um, evolution, genetics, like I said, and it goes into like, so much more, but like, as always, it's always a gas in an interesting and easy to understand way. Yes, like that's like a biological psychology Um, second edition, available on all major ebook retailers like Amazon, Kobo, Google Play, Barnes & Noble, and many more, and you can always like get the ebook for free at your local library, then you can get the paperback large print edition on Amazon. That's enough for the personal update, let's move on to the content part of today's episode. So moving on to the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be looking at three reasons of why people experience boredom in a relationship and how to overcome it. Yes, even though I've never been in a relationship. Yes, I know. Very sad story. <laughs> yes, I like This should be a great episode, and hopefully you'll find it like, useful. And as I said in the news section, again, this is a palate cleanser from all the rather hard, I psychology episodes that we've had in the past few episodes. Like formulation and clinical psychology, and also the um, uh, should a psychologist be able to prescribe drugs. Which I had no idea was so popular. Like, I looked at the podcast, that's and I was thinking... And I was just thinking, wow, I never expected it to be like that time. Yes, as always, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Okay, so we're moving on to the reasons. So the first reason why people can experience boredom in a relationship is because our brains naturally adjust to exciting changes over time. So... What happens here um, is that as we're getting into a new relationship, it's exciting, there's lots of passion, and because of this, our brain releases tons of um, neurochemicals, whether this is hormones or neurotransmitters, and over time, our brain builds up a tolerance to this, uh, meaning that over time, we uh, don't we really respond the uh, same way to this burst of hormones and neurotransmitters. To be honest, I like to think of this uh, like, addiction, because I think it's the easiest, like, um, parallel, but, like, I put it like addiction... You do the drug or whatever first. first minute you get like a great buzz, then the brain builds up a like tolerance, and then you need even more of it to get the same buzz, and that you can sort of do in a like relationship. Basically, you can draw a really weird uh, a really weird uh, parallel. Word. But basically, the brain builds up a, a tolerance over time. And this is natural and it's not a bad thing. So the solution for this is, a, is that you need to consider why we're grateful for the relationship in the first place. Because not everything is about um, sex or yeah, well, basically not everything is about the neurochemical reactions. Sometimes it's just about being with someone, having a laugh with someone and just appreciating them. And like, basically just stuff like that. Okay, so the next reason is lack of novelty. We and to be honest, when I was watching the blog poster for this, I put in a really weird like, example because I was gonna talk about quite a personal story, but I was thinking, no, I don't want to go like that personal way, because I love sharing like with all of you, but sometimes there's a line. <laughs> Yes, like, yes, but the great thing about relationships is that it's new and exciting, and that's what we all love about them. Whether this is friendships or sexual relationships, this new, exciting, we can always explore more, and I think quite like that. But sometimes, but after a while, it gets a bit samey. Like, the really weird example that I put in the um, blog post for this, I started to do my own audiobooks in june july of 2019 and i loved it i loved i love audio as you know as you know and i thought it was so magical i thought audio was brilliant and i think well and i think but as i started to do more and more audio for example for this podcast and for more books, i st- i still love audio but the problem with it is that it sort of like loses its magic because it's the same thing i don't know how to like de-ascribe it but Basically, it's like a relationship, because unless you keep stuff fresh, then it does tend to get a bit like samey. Because that's another reason why I like go online and I find these articles, and then I create podcast episodes, and then I use those original articles as like evidence and etc. for it, because it keeps stuff fresh, and that's the best thing you uh, can do. Yes, like for example, if you and your friend uh, there's nothing new like going on, and it's starting to get a bit boring mix it up a bit, keep stuff fresh, like, I don't know, go out for dinner, go around to each other's houses, like, out of the blue, and just try and, I don't know, just try and add a bit more, like, um, spontaneity to it, and the same goes for sexual relationships, yes, yeah, so, like, if you, your girlfriend, boyfriend, etc, like, things are, like, the same, then, I don't spice stuff up, as they say, just try and keep stuff fresh, is what I'm trying to say, and yes, I, and yes, I really am trying to keep this quite, um, PG, and quite, um, E-rated, Right, today's episode. Like, the last reason why people experience boredom in a relationship is because of lack of intimacy. Now, this does not mean necessarily sexual intimacy, but from what I hear, it's very, it's very important to try and keep that up. Like, don't just, like, um, not do it for, like, six months, because apparently that kills it. But I think it's not down to sexual intimacy, because intimacy can also be psychological intimacy. Yes, like, you also talking to people, and this tends to be a lot more, well... Yes, it is a lot more um placeful like um friendships because you should be able to have a psychological closeness and like oh, this is a sense of trust, a sense that you can just talk to people, a sense that you can like share secrets and everything. Like psychological intimacy is really, really important. Yes, yeah, so, like if you like have a lack of that, then that's why friendships tend to like drift apart and like um, everything. Yes, yeah, so, I like um, meaning that the solution for this one is like set a time each week and this tip is more for sexual partners. It's yeah, so, like set a time each week, which when you just connect. You don't do anything else. And you do this thing called talking. I know, of course, who talks anymore? Yes, like you were just like sit there with your girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband. Go, you know, like etc. And you just talk, talk about their day, what's been happening in in their lives, and you just connect. And that's all you do. No Facebooks, no emails, no work, nothing. And yes, I know it's hard because we've all got busy lives, but just set aside an hour, two hours, an evening, ideally. you know, like, I and then you just talk reconnect because that's really important to get psychological intimacy but i hope that you've really enjoyed today's episode as always always tell me your thoughts by email twitter or you work and on like leave a comment on the show notes please check out biological psychology second edition and have a great day everyone and i'll see you next time thanks for listening today I hope you enjoyed it if you want to see the show notes then please go to ConnorWhiteley.net. and if you want a free eight book psychology box set then please go to conorwhitely.net have a great day and i'll see you next time